What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. And Abraham told them, the young men, that they're not gonna be able to see him and that because he was gonna go worship. So in verse five, Abraham is saying he and his son are gonna go yonder, that he and his son are gonna worship, and that he and his son are gonna come back to them again. He's saying this to the two young men. Just as sure as you're gonna see me and my son, my son and I, go yonder, He's telling this these, these two young men, just as sure as you're gonna see us walk away from you, that you can be just as sure that things are gonna happen. And one thing is that you can be sure that when you can't see it, and we're on this distant hill, we're gonna be worshiping God. And he's saying to these two young men, just as sure as you're gonna see us walk away, you can be absolutely 100% assured that we are gonna walk back to you. You're gonna see us walking back to you. And he says these to the two young men, and he's like making a promise to them that he's gonna return, that he and Isaac are gonna return together. It's just like the two angels, I mean, the two men in the first chapter of Acts, in first chapter of Acts, Acts 1-6, in fact, Acts 1-6, where there's, there's these two men and these two angels, and this whole thing is going on where they said, and they therefore were come together, they asked of him, they're speaking to the Lord, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. So there were sayings, you watched him go, you're gonna see him come back, same way. So just as in the Genesis 22, these two young men are standing there before Abraham, 
So the two men are standing there in Acts 8 and before the Lord Jesus, just the two young men. They saw Abraham and Isaac walk away, the two men in Acts, see the Lord Jesus leave them. And just as the two men were told, look, you know, you're not gonna see him, he's gonna be in heaven. So Abraham was saying, you're not gonna see us, we're gonna be worshiping there. But then as just as the two young men were told, 100% you're gonna see the Lord Jesus return, so Abraham told these two young men, 100% you're gonna see Isaac and I, Isaac and me walking right back to you. So that was very important, and Abraham did not mean I'm gonna be coming back with an urn in my hand and, 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 and Isaac's ashes in it. He didn't mean that, because he meant it. He said, you're gonna see, you're gonna see Isaac alive, alive. Now that allows us to now see clearly that Abraham was expecting God to raise Isaac from the dead. And it shows, you know, he's expecting his, that there were, he was, in his mind, he was thinking, Isaac is going to be reduced to a pile of ashes after he becomes the burnt offering, and from that dead pile of ashes, Isaac's gonna get right back up out of that. And that's what's told to us in Hebrews eleven seventeen. Hebrews eleven seventeen, where it says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, even from ashes, from whence also he received him in a figure. See, this is, in, in Hebrews eleven seventeen. it says there, by faith Abraham offered up Isaac. What by faith? What did by faith mean? What did Abraham have faith for? Abraham had faith that God was not lying when he, when he said that all the promises are centered in that boy, in Isaac, and that from Isaac was going to spring out a great nation, therefore Abraham's people. Therefore, Abraham had faith that God would raise Isaac up from a pile of ashes, and that was a faith that was based on God's word. It wasn't a faith that says, oh, I really love Isaac, I don't want him to die, so I have faith, you're gonna raise him up. No, it was a faith that Abraham had based on God's word. So Abraham has told the two young men here, he and Isaac are going far away, and they're gonna return. And, and when Abraham was with the two young men, those are the only words that we hear from Abraham. That's all. And now we have a description of what Abraham did in verse six. It says Abraham, then he moves on. He, he goes and takes the wood of the burnt offering and he lays it on Isaac, his son. And then Abraham takes the fire in one hand and the knife in the other. And then it says they both went up there together. So we see Abraham now. We hear him. He's told this to the, to the two young men. And now we're, we're focused on Abraham. We see him taking the wood and we see him laying the wood on Isaac to carry and then we see him taking the fire and the knife, and they set out. And all this is done with in complete silence, and for us, it's driving us crazy. You now we wanna say to Abraham, Abraham, speak! Will you show some emotion, Abraham? But now Abraham doesn't speak. Abraham is just silent, and Isaac is silent. As Abraham loads the wood onto Isaac, he takes the knife, the, the knife that's gonna be plunged into Isaac's heart, so he takes the fire, the fire that's gonna burn up Isaac, and it's just silence. And we're reading this, this passage here with all the silence, and all we get is this emphasis on, on what he did with the and, 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 in verse six, and Abraham took the wood and laid it upon Isaac, and he took the fire and a knife, and they went. 
And, and there's not one syllable from either the father or the son. It's all this, this like, all this an, an, an. It's like a, like a horse, clip, clop, clip, clop, going along. And the ands are the short phrases of these details about the wood, the knife, the, they just are emphasizing to us this slow, deliberate progress that the two of them are making toward the mountain of the ultimate sacrifice of Isaac. And all this shows us again this perfect resolve that Abraham has. He's going to sacrifice his son, and he's carrying in his hand the fatal knife and the, and the fire that's gonna consume. And yet, there's no animal. There's a total absence of animal. And so what's happening here? Because Sarah, mama didn't raise no fool. So Isaac here is slowly realizing he is the sacrificial lamb. He's realizing this. And during that realization, as Abraham turns to Isaac and he puts the wood for Isaac to carry, we can see Isaac at this point look into the eyes of his father as Isaac is, is holding out his arms to carry the wood, as if Isaac is saying, as he's realizing, yes, father, I will carry the wood that I realize is the wood to burn me up. And we can see Isaac accept the wood to carry to the place of his execution. We can see, and when we see all this, it's so dramatic because beyond the sacred page, we see another Isaac accept the wood to carry to the place of his execution in John 19, 17. John 19, 17, the Lord Jesus, it says, and he bearing his cross, went forth unto a place called the place of a skull, which is in the Hebrew, Golgotha. So after the Lord Jesus has been beaten to a pulp by the Romans, by the, by the, the whips that the Roman had that, that tore the flesh off, and then the Romans then give to the Lord Jesus the cross that he's to die on. And when the cross is given to the Lord Jesus, we can see the Lord Jesus thinking to himself, hmm, just as Abraham, just as Abraham gave to Isaac the wood to carry that it was gonna burn him up. So now I'm being given the cross that I'm going to carry and I'm gonna die on. And the Lord Jesus is thinking, just as Abraham looked into Isaac's eyes and gave the wood to Isaac to carry to the place of execution. And it, it, now, not the Romans, I don't see the Romans, I don't see the Italians, I see, I see the Father looking into my eyes as he gives me this wooden cross to carry to the place of my execution. And he's thinking, just as Isaac looked back at Abraham and said, yes, Father, I'll carry the wood to my execution. So now I look back up to God the Father and I say, yes, Father, I will carry the cross, the wooden cross, to the place of my execution. And now comes one of the most beautiful statements in the Bible. And in this statement, there is a very important word that appears for the first time in the Bible, the first time this, this, this word is used in the Bible, and it's in this chapter, and it's not just used once or twice, it's used three times. And this word is the key to understanding this history. And the word, it may seem to you kind of like, yeah, so what? But it's not. It's the end of verse six when it says, and they went both of them together. They, were gonna, they went both of them together. Vayahu shnaim yachdav. Vayahu means that they went. The word yalku is from the word halach, which is the word that, that, the first word that God said to Abraham back in Genesis 12.1. Genesis 
when it says, now the Lord had said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country from thy kindred, from thy, from thy father's house, a land I'll show thee. That was when God said, get thee out, or lech lacha, which literally means go, you go, you know, like scat. And that was the first time in the phrase there in, 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 in Genesis uh, 22.6, when they says, they went, sorry, that was the first word, the first word was yaku, they went, and it was characterized Abraham's life. He was the lech lecha man. He was the one who left after God said, go, you go, and so it's the same word. But then there's the next word, shnaim. Shnaim is very simple, it's the word two, echad shnaim, what is number one, number two. So he says, you go to, the two, two of you. And now comes the most wonderful word in this chapter. Like I said, it's the first time in the Bible this word's been used. And it's just like God was keeping this word in the Bible till now when he introduces the meaning of this word in the most dramatic way in this history of Abraham and Isaac. And so first time now, God is like, put the package of this word in front of us. It's all wrapped up. And he, and he, un and he unwraps it. He says, there, there's the beautiful word, yachdav. Yachdav, and you might say, Yachdav, what's Yachdav? Of course, you say, Yachdav, it's Yachdav, right? They chop liver, so Yachdav. No, and you might say, you know, Yachdav, it sounds like Echad, which is one, it sounds like that. But Yachdav means to become one, to become one, or united, or united. It's a very important word, just the first time used here, and it's the center of Psalm 133, Psalm 133, where it said, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. That's the last word, yachdav there, it goes, hinematov, behold how good, umanachayim, and how pleasant it is, shevet, to dwell, achim, brothers, gam, also, yachad, yachad, so hinematov. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to yachdav, to, to yachad, to, to become one, to become unified, to become united. Such a beautiful, and yet, I want you to take this verse, Psalm 133.1, I've just been quoting here, Psalm 133.1, and put it now in the context of Abraham and Isaac, and put it in the context of those three days when Abraham is walking with Isaac, and he's and, and Isaac, and, and, and they're becoming one here, and, and think about just the, um, just, just think about it in a pensive way. There's two beautiful ways to sing this song. But there's a pensive way. He It's a pensive. He You can almost see them walking along in the process of them becoming united. And this chapter is all about this. It's all about this word, yachav, yachad. It's becoming one. You know, that's what we do. We become, as believers, one. And when we have our differences, we have our differences. Of course, we have our differences. If you don't know, look around. We're all about yachad. We're all about becoming one. You know, as you know, uh, I'm not messianic, but I was asked to speak one time at the Lausanne Conference on, on uh, Jewish Evangelism, and there were many messianic people there, many messianic people there were wearing yarmulkes, they had prayer shawls, they were eating only kosher food. Now, I didn't tell them that I just had a great pork chop before coming, but anyway. 
like Grant was saying, kosher, and they were doing all these things, tzitzit and with the little strings hanging down. I don't do any of that. You know, so I mean, I look like, oh man, he's gonna talk to us, you know. But, and, and you know what I told him? I told him, I said, listen, it's not what divides us that's important, it's what unites us. It's what unites us. We are united around the Lord Jesus Christ. It's all about yachad. It's all about yachad, yachdav, yachad. It's all about that, becoming one, becoming united, because that makes God very happy, very, very happy. Yachdav is becoming united. It's the same word, yachad, yachdav. In Psalm 133.1, it's all about that. It makes God very, very happy. And the Lord Jesus Christ expressed his desire for yachdav, for believers, when he said in John 17, 22, John 17, 22, that they may be one even as we are one. That every church needs to know that they are all about, as far as God is concerned, yachdav, or yachad, the same thing. They're all about that, becoming one or united with each other, in spite of the differences that each person may have. It's all about yachdav, that's why a church that really emphasizes why you know everybody else is wrong and they're right. No, it's not the right way. Because Romans 12.5 says, Romans 12.5 says, so we being many are one body in Christ, everyone members one of another. We being men, many are yachdav, one body in Christ. We have become one in Christ, yachdav in Christ. Whereas it says in Galatians 3.28, Galatians 3.28, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither bond nor free, there's neither male nor female. You are all one in Christ. You are all yakdav, united in Christ. And, and this is to demonstrate all this, the beauty of this word here, to become united. It's really God's goal for a marriage. For a marriage, when, when God says in, in Genesis 2.24, Genesis 2.24, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and the two, the two shall become one flesh, one flesh, one flesh. Now look at the context in the unveiling of this beautiful word for the first time, this beautiful word when he says in Genesis 22.6, our chapter here, verse six, verse six, shnaim yachad, the two became one. They became one. That's what it says there. And this scene shows us what is meant here. As I, here Isaac is all eyes. He's watching Abraham. He watched Abraham get the wood. He watches Abraham give him the wood to carry. Isaac is all eyes. He watches Abraham get the fire to burn the sacrifice. Isaac with all eyes watches Abraham get the knife. He watches Abraham get everything that's needed for the Abraham, he wa for the sacrifice. Isaac has watched Abraham get everything, like a checklist. Isaac has watched Abraham prepare before they left. This very slow, methodical way that we read about, Abraham has forgotten nothing. Abraham even thought of chopping the wood before they left. And Isaac knows, my father doesn't forget anything. And now they've stopped, and Abraham has meticulously gotten everything that's needed for the sacrifices, the wood, the fire, the knife. And, 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 and Isaac, you can see him there. He's got big eyes. He's watching. He knows his father so well. He's moving so deliberately. He knows his, my father doesn't forget any, anything. It's not going to happen. My father's going to get to the mountain and says, oh, what was I thinking? I forgot the animal for the sacrifice. How could I do that? No, he says, that's not it. Isaac knows that. He knows his father has forgotten nothing. 
He absolutely, so in short, now that Abraham and Isaac are ready to head off together, Isaac knows. He knows he's the sacrifice. You know, walk along there and say, oh, you know what? I think I might be the sacrifice. I think I'll ask. No, no, that was just confirmation of what he already knew. Maybe for a moment, maybe for a moment, just a moment, Isaac pauses just to consider, I'm the sacrifice. And maybe, and maybe Isaac's, you know, he, he, he said, you know, I had a suspicion, now I'm sure. And, and it's not a maybe anymore, it's a reality. So now just for a moment, Isaac just pauses with that realization, I sacrifice. And this is the beauty of the word yachad, yakdav. It's the beauty of the word yakdav. Because there in verse six, as Isaac pauses for that moment, to consider that reality is that he is the sacrifice. And at that moment, Isaac has a decision to make. Am I gonna go or not go? Will I go with Abraham or will I say, no, 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 I'm not willing to do that. That was the Yaakov moment right there when both Abraham and Isaac became one in their decision that Isaac would be the sacrifice. And after that moment of pause, after that time when, when Isaac, Isaac here says, I'm gonna become one with my father, Abraham, in this decision, and after that moment, and he makes his decision, that's when God says, now I'm gonna unveil for you the most beautiful word here in this chapter, yakdav, right there. And that's how God chose to express the agreement that Isaac would be the sacrifice. When Abraham, with his desire, to sacrifice Isaac, and Isaac with his agreement to become the sacrifice, and they both come together, and it's yakdav, and they're in agreement. And we can hear heaven rejoicing, and we can see angels in heaven, they're talking to each other, and they say, did you see that? Isaac has just agreed to let Abraham make him the sacrifice, and so you know what's happening in heaven? The angels are having a yakdav meeting. I mean, not a meeting, a party up there. And they're singing too, and that's another way you can sing that song. Let's see, it goes. Um, Hine matovu manachayim shevet achim gam yachad. Hine matovu manachayim shevet achim gam yachad. Hine matovu manachayim la 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 la. Hine matovu manachayim la 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 la. It goes on. See, it's like a party, and that's what's happening. And that's the beauty in the last part of Genesis 22:6 when it says they both went. They they went both of them together. Yakdav. They were just united in their agreement. Isaac is going to be the sacrifice. This is the meat behind the Shema in, in Deuteronomy 6.4. When it says, when it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Shema Yisrael, Yehovah Eloheinu, Yehovah Echad. It says God, that was God the Son as Yehovah, Jehovah in the Elohim of the Godhead, the Godhead. And the Godhead is all one, they're Echad. The God the Son is Echad, is one with God the Father, that God the Son is gonna become the sacrifice, just like it is there, God the Father, God the Son, Abraham, Isaac, Yachdav, God the Father, God the Son, Echad, they're one. That's the Shema, that's the Shema. And it wasn't easy for Isaac, it wasn't easy to Isaac to realize that, that I'm the sacrifice. We can imagine that Isaac looking up to Abraham, his father, and silently, no words, but as the, the wood's being loaded onto him, he looks into Abraham's eyes and says, really? Does it have to be me? 
Is there any other way that it could maybe not be me? It, 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 I mean, really? Well, not my will, but your will, Father, be done. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org.